is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Critics Corner podcast. William Locke joined today by Luis Barranco and Armand Amini. We got the crew back together to talk some NBA hoops today. Uh, thank you all for joining me. I'll start with Armand. Armand, how you been? Uh, it's been a minute, but um, yeah, how, how's it going over there in Boston? It's been a long ass time. Um, been a very long time. Been good. I had a little bit of a of a head injury incident, <laughs> but since then, been recovering. Uh, just finished my first class of medical school this past weekend, so Friday. Um, been celebrating, chilling. People here, really nice. I mean, the cold hasn't really hit yet, so I feel like I'm not really in the Northeast right now, but... When it does, I don't have the equipment for it. So I'll probably be going out in shorts and a t-shirt and getting frostbite and that'll be sick. Uh, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving, dude. Um, looking forward to being back in the M. And it's, it's a pleasure to see and talk to both of y'all because it has been a while. Been super busy, but could not be happier with um, how the past few months have gone. So except again for hitting my head but like besides that it's been fantastic how's everything been going uh with you Luis? what's going on first off i'm happy that you cleared concussion protocol man thank you very much took a while took a while still in pt but hey it was actually it's not none of this like nfl like funny covid protocol that you know that it takes a week to like pass you know i don't know you can clear a concussion in a week you know i mean you're living proof of that it doesn't take a week to clear a concussion there's kind of a side effects to them right you know there's there's some whiplash involved as well but yes sir you see there's well yeah no so i'm here i'm chilling finally got my diploma finally graduated i mean let's go uh, yeah uh, that's pretty much it you know it was watching baseball uh baseball ended i mean william Talk a little about that. You know, that was a good series, you know, between the Braves and the Astros. Definitely off our preseason prediction, uh, predictions. They were wildly off. We did not expect uh, Houston and Atlanta to make it. And, you know, just been keeping up with college football, NFL, you know, basketball's in, you know. It's, it's good times, you know, good times. Yeah, pro- I think we mentioned on the last podcast, probably the best time of year to be a sports fan <clears throat> was, I mean, now with all the sports we have, but especially like a month ago when you had baseball, football, hockey you know everything all at once soccer um but today you know we're gonna do so oh, hockey's back. we forgot hockey. hockey's back too no i said hockey yeah red wings are looking good they won last night and the they red beat wings. this week i know yeah the red wings are looking respectable this season uh which is good uh, they're still ultimately a rebuilding uh they're not gonna like make a run for it or anything but they do have a good young team with some talent which is exciting because they have not been, they have not been very good at all over the past like five, five or so years. But anyway, we are here today. We are here today to talk NBA. And you know, we were talking what do we what do we want to before the podcast? Like, what do we want to do? What do we want to talk about? And you know, we mentioned that there are so many like good teams, average teams. There's just a lot of parity this season. And I know it's early. It's only like twelve games in, thirteen games in. Um, a lot of parody though. Um, 
you know, you got teams like the Bucks currently sitting outside the playoffs. And, you know, that's a lot, lot largely due to injury, but uh, you know, the Hawks are struggling teams like that. So we just wanted to go through, we're going to go through the standings in both the East and the West. And we're just going to say, you know, do we think whatever team it is, is going to make the playoffs or not? And I, I think we should say the playoffs are, making it like they don't they don't count the plan because I, I personally don't feel like the the plan counts as a playoff appearance so we'll say are is this team one of the eight playoff teams in their conference um and you know that gives us obviously there's obvious teams like the nets who are going to make the playoffs but it just gives us a chance to talk about them anyway so what do you would you guys want to start in the east or or the west can we i think the east is easier because there's a lot of teams that suck. That, I know. actually think the West is weaker than the East this year, but we can start out East. Um, I'll just go top. We'll start at, at the top. Um, and then, you know, toward the bottom, it'll, it'll be a little bit quicker. But at the top, the first team, the team that's in first place right now, and Luis hates on this team nonstop, the 9-3 and three Washington Wizards. Luis are they making the playoffs this year? And that are they one of the eight playoff teams? The play in does not count. No, they won't. They won't make it. Because if you look at because if you look at who's right now at the current standings, at who's out and who's in. No, like, no, no, no. Don't go through all the teams. Just talk about the Wizards. We're gonna get all the other teams. It, it still doesn't matter. They won't make it. They won't make it. Why? Spencer Dinwiddie and Bradley Beal. Like, bro, it's just a bunch of scrubs. It's the Lakers' hand-me-downs. Like, you couldn't make it on the Lake Show, you know. You get shipped out for Russ. And, I mean, Trez, yeah, Trez. I read Montrez Harrell's playing at an MVP level. I find that to be an abomination. That is that is ridiculous. Like, Montrez Harrell is a energy player. The only reason he didn't fit in L.A. was because they were trying to play him in a role that wasn't that. Just wait till they start playing some real competition. They do their West Coast road trip, and then they'll start dropping games. <clears throat> it's interesting that Luis said, wait till they start playing some real competition. Because I think the Celtics are a solid team. They played them twice, played the Bucks, played the Grizzlies. Grizzlies are a great team. We love the Grizzlies. They played the Nets. They played the Hawks, who have had a terrible start to the season, what we'll talk about later. But they played them twice, played the Raptors. Uh, besides the Cavs, who have actually looked all right to start out this season, Luis, they've had a pretty tough schedule. Um, so I think that's kind of nonsense. What I will say is reminds me of, like, a Brighton starting off, like, four or five games, but, but still overperforming for that season. I think the Wizards could very easily end up in the playoffs. And if you're asking me yes or no, I would say yes. They're one of the eight teams in the East. Montrez is averaging 18 and nine. It's not like it's far off from his Clippers days when he was, I think, did he win? He won six man of the year and then finished second another year when Lou Williams won. But um, yeah, I, the team is talent wise, nothing special, but it's like kind of reminds me of uh, a bunch of misfit toys, I guess, that have all come together and are actually meshing pretty well like Luis was saying before Kuzma got dumped for nothing um they have a bunch of role players that had not the greatest seasons the previous year um Avdia Bertans 
Montrez, Kuz, KCP, they've got a lot of guys that have actually stepped up this year in bigger roles. So, yeah, I like the Wizards this year, um, and I'm not a hater like the Wiz. So, William, what do you think? Yep, I agree. I think they they obviously they're not going to finish, you know, first in the East or top half, in my opinion. But I still think, you know, they were a playoff team last year, and they had Russell Westbrook on their team, which is almost a hindrance at some point, you know. So, um, at least – no, I'm sorry. No, no, we'll leave the, the Westbrook slander for a little bit later. <laughs> He's a great regular season player for the first, you know, uh, 46 minutes of a game, but last two minutes, you know, I, I have my opinions. Um, but looking at this team now, yeah, like you mentioned, Montrez Harrell. 18 and nine. I think he's coming off the bench. He's going to be a six man of the year candidate. Undoubtedly Spencer Dinwiddie loved the signing when it happened uh, 16 and 16, five and five for him right now. Like, you know, that's, that's pretty solid. Uh, Kuzma had a couple huge shots against Cleveland the other night. Um, he's finally like kind of stepping into a role, filling a role that was a little bit up in the air in Los Angeles. And then obviously they have Bradley Beal uh, who's, struggling a little bit right now just I you know scoring's down across the league so I wouldn't be too worried but he's still averaging 23 uh five and five so Bradley Beal's Bradley Beal and there's a lot of there's been a lot of trade speculation about him over the previous years I I personally think he's going to stay in Washington uh, he's got a wife and kids um, and I just think he's kind of settled down in Washington I think he likes it there they have a chance to you know be in the playoffs consistently maybe they have a couple moves in them to be even, you know, make that next step even more so, but I like this team. The they're not very deep, like Davis Bertans, who they gave like 20 million years, been just God awful ever since that contract. Uh, Gaffer, not bad. The depth is going to hurt this team. Corey Kispert, uh, the rookie from Gonzaga, maybe if they can get, if he can give them something coming off the bench, uh, Avdia plays a lot. He plays like 20 minutes a game, only averaging five points, not, not a big fan of, of, of Denny Abia, but this team is average enough, in my opinion, and has a top, you know, 15, whatever player in Bradley Beal. I think they're good enough to make the playoffs. Um, that, one, thing, one thing I'll say, I made a mistake. KCP, I don't think is on this team. Yeah, he is. He is? Yeah, he's on He is. He was a part of the Westbrook trade where it was KCP. Well, yeah, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen his stats, but um, – yeah, I mean, at least Bertans has been a little better than last year. Shooting's down across the league. I'm sure we'll talk about the change from the Spalding to the Wilson ball because a bunch of people are saying that's actually been impacting shooting percentages. Um, but that's for a different time. Well, um, and um, we can get into that. But let's let's get to the, the second-place team in the East right now, the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, this team's going to make the playoffs. I don't really think that's much of a discussion. I think the main talking point this season so far that every, with the Nets that everyone's been you know really hammering on is James Harden and his struggles early on, only averaging 19.8 points per game. Still has uh, nine assists and 7.8 rebounds. He did score 39 the other night in New Orleans, so he might be getting it back on track. But certainly – the the you know Harden struggles alongside Kyrie Irving's absence, and then Kevin Durant's just MVP level performances uh, is averaging basically thirty points, eight rebounds, and five assists. Um, but you know, outside of those two guys that are currently playing, and then Kyrie, this team is it's, it's a little it, it, 
the role players have struggled to step up early. You know, they don't have anyone else averaging above 15 points per game or really anyone averaging over 12 points per game. You got Aldrich at 12.6, Joe Harris at 11.9. I guess my question for, for you, Armand, is like, are the role players on this team outside of Durant and Harden good enough to carry them, like to help them win a title? Because we all know role players are ultimately a huge, huge driving force in playoff success. Are the role players in Brooklyn good enough? And also, like, just do you think Kyrie's – are we going to see Kyrie in a Nets uniform anytime this season? Those are two huge questions, Wayne. I'd say uh, two different answers to this. So one thing is let's assume Kyrie doesn't come back, um, okay? I think the role players currently are enough. If you have all three of those guys, if you just have two – in a normal NBA season, I don't know if it would be enough to win a title, but this is the most parity we've seen in this millennia in an NBA season. Maybe you could say the year the Pistons won, I think it was 03, 04. That was maybe the most parity because you had the Spurs, the Lakers, the Pistons, the, Cel- the Celtics were okay. We had, you had like five, six teams that were actually competitive. This year, one of 10 to 12 teams could actually win the title. I think the Nets could, but I don't pick them as favorites if Kyrie doesn't come back. Um, In terms of Kyrie coming back, um, I think he might see himself as like Colin Kaepernick (laughs) 2.0 or something that he's standing up for, for social. It's just, it's not the same thing, man. Like, you know, being against vaccinations, like in, thinking you can make an exception for you like no, he's not no, no, he's not against vaccinations see that's not that's what he's not he's against, against himself having to receive a vaccination that's not no that's not what he's about he's not against vaccinations he what he is standing for and his claim was that right to not get a vaccination and work and keep their jobs Luis I understand Yeah, I'm not going to get into this with you for a variety of reasons, but um, I understand for a variety of reasons. People should know Luis has interesting beliefs on it. Um, I don't have any beliefs. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just clarifying the point because I don't want to give our listeners the wrong image. We want a wrong impression. Well, Luis, that's what he's saying is that he's against people having to get the vaccine to keep their jobs. Um, yes, and that's fair, uh, but he's also, he's against that as a thing, but really what he's against is like himself needing to receive a vaccination. To play has, he, has he said that? Has he, he said, has he gotten the vaccination? But, but has he said that point? You're just speculating. That's, that's the thing. No, please, of course, this is, spe- of course, this is spec. It's not speculation. It's making an educated, it's making an educated inference. Based on who this guy is, how egocentric he is, like generally, how he conducts himself, how he's he's the smartest person on the planet and wants to be this figure like LeBron is. That is speculation. Like Kareem was and like Bill was. And he's just not, he doesn't have charisma. He doesn't have the charisma, nor, in my opinion, like, that is not factual and emotional intelligence to be that sort of like transformative leader that he Why wants to be. 
Luis, you're talking over me. I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't, but, I don't understand what's going on because we're looking at Ky- why is Kyrie? We're looking at Kyrie like that. We're talking about basketball. We're not yeah. going to speculate. We're not going to go. Luis, Luis, you were the one that you were the one that responded to what I was saying, and now we're going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's 100 on you. It was a side comment that I was making, and then I'm just clear. And, then, and you're continuing. To talk about it, so let's stop talking about it because I think that's fair. So, me and Luis can disagree about Kyrie's intentions, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm just you know, whatever, whatever it is. The, the reason why it is relevant to basketball, right, is because if he believes that he needs to be some sort of like historical martyr in this case, and, and this is the thing that he really believes in then he can't play this year. Like, because they're not going to change the rules and he shouldn't change his stance if he's truly, like, if this is something he truly believes in, which I actually do think he does. Um, maybe a large part of it is for himself. So maybe some of that is for other people because he empathizes with other people because he's in a similar situation. But um, he probably won't play this season. Uh, so considering that the Nets, the Nets are less, I would say if the Nets had Kyrie, James Harden and KD, they're the undisputed favorite to win the championship. Now, I think they're one of four to five teams that are at the absolute top of that discussion. Um, but yeah, maybe also we're not taking into account. These are not the teams that are going to be entering the playoffs. We have a buyout period. We have a trade deadline. We have some things that are going to happen, okay? And the Nets will make moves. They need a rim runner. They need an interior defender. Nick Claxton's not good enough as your starting guy. LaMarcus is too old. Agreed. Blake Griffin's too old. They need somebody younger and athletic. Honestly, kind of ironic because Jared Allen's kind of who they need and they don't have But And they could have reached But uh, anyways, they need somebody like that, uh, I think. And they'll probably end up getting them because those guys are fairly – they're not really valued in this league, unfortunately. William has talked about how undervalued DeAndre Aiden is and how, like, probably the, the – well, clearly the third best player on that Suns finals team and maybe one of the 40 best players in this league, right? And he's not getting close to a max extension offer. Kind of ridiculous. Well, in this market, you're going to be able to find a young rim-running guy. Um, So the Nets will end up being okay. In their current form, without Kyrie, I don't expect them to come back. And if they don't make any trades and no buyout, I think uh, they're one or four or five teams that we'll end up talking about uh, throughout this pod that has a solid chance at winning an NBA title this season. Luis, you have your hand raised on the Zoom call. What do you have to say? Uh, Kyrie might play after January if the law law gets reversed, which there's a new mayor coming in. The new mayor already said he's not changing the law. I thought he said he was going to visit it. Let me let me look it up. Let's he ain't changing it. Well, we don't know. It's it's it's. I'm telling you, we don't know. It's new York. I think there's a chance they trade Kyrie. I don't know. I don't know what it's right now, but um, there's a chance they trade Kyrie, and also. New York is trying to make it basically where you have to be vaccinated to enjoy the benefits of the city. So I, I just really doubt that they're going to lift the law um, with this new mayor. And 
Kyrie will be able to play. I, I don't see that coming, but I agree with you, Ramon. Watching a lot of the Nets this year, Nick Claxton is not going to like, he's not the guy you want inside uh, to, to, to defend the paint. And, you know, we saw, like you said, how important DeAndre Ayton was to the Suns' success last year. He would absolutely dominate um, a playoff series against the Nets. Freaking Giannis Antetokounmpo. How is how are the Nets going to get through him if they don't have any sort of big man presence? Um, I mean, I know they almost did last year, but I think, in my opinion, we'll get to them a little bit later. I think the Bucks are better this year than they were last year. Um, so yeah, obviously the Nets will make the playoffs. That's not even a discussion. They'll be one of the top four teams in the East. I think the East is weaker than it was. Um, well, I think the do I think the East is weak? I think the champion's going to come out of the West. I think the East is a better conference from top to bottom, but I think there's more, there's better teams out West. Um, but anyway, I, I, the Nets are no lock in my opinion to, to make the finals, win the finals, et cetera. They were coming in the season as like plus 300 favorites, which, which is just terrible odds to win the, to win it all. Don't, don't think that's good value on the Nets. Um, next team, Chicago Bulls who have gotten off to a somewhat of a surprising start currently sitting at eight and four third in the Eastern conference made a lot of moves this off season. A lot of moves that a lot of people didn't like, you know, bringing in DeMar DeRozan, uh, bringing in Lonzo ball. That was actually a highly um, touted move in my opinion, at least uh, Caruso. A lot of people were maybe questioning that one, but this Bulls team has got off to a flying start. Now they did lose Patrick Williams for basically, I think it was for this entire season. Uh, he was a starter, second-year guy. Um, but, you know, they still have Vucevic, DeRozan, Levine, Lonzo, Caruso, Armand. Is this team – are they going to make the playoffs? And can they be, like, a bit of a sleeper team in the East? Like, could they just get hot in April, May, and June and maybe make the finals? Great question. I have a shorter answer than the last one. I'll say the Bulls definitely make the playoffs – I think they end up being the last team with a guaranteed spot. I think they end up being six. It's a long season. Um, DeMar and Levine have obviously had an outstanding start in terms of their efficiency, scoring. DeMar, I think, is shooting the best he has maybe in his career. Um, Levine's shooting well from three. Lethal wing, like super athletic wing combination. Obviously, DeMar is not quite the athlete he was five years ago. Um but I, I love what I've seen from Lonzo. I think they have a deep enough team to be a solid playoff team. They got a seven or eight man rotation that I really mess with. Um, in terms of like being a sleeper for the finals, I don't see this iteration of this team with DeMar probably as their most experienced like playoff performer as a finals team. I don't think they have it in them. Um, they might have a similar level of talent as the Heat did a couple years ago, maybe. Um, I don't – I actually don't know. Levine and DeMar are nowhere near where Jimmy Butler was a couple years ago and where he is now. But uh, overall, like team talent-wise, similar. I just don't think they have the sort of veterans they need to make that push. Um, and, you know, their two best players haven't had great <laughs> – sort of experiences in the playoffs, Levine hasn't even made the playoffs before. So uh, we have seen a team like the Suns with Book never making it, with Aiden never making it, but they had CP to take them 
And I don't know if DeMar is that sort of a guy. So I'll say I don't see them making the finals. Could see them winning a series, maybe even two, depending how the chips fall. But I really do not see them making the finals this year. Luisa, any opinions on Chicago? I really like Chicago. I'll reserve what I believe because oh, I, I know who, who the team to beat is in the East. I think Chicago is a semi-finals to Eastern Conference Finals team, depending on matchups. Uh, Caruso's having a great year. Lonzo's having a great year. I mean, it stinks that Vucci Main is not playing right now. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about the team I think is the best in the East. Yeah, uh, I really like the Bulls. I think they're obviously going to make the playoffs. I think they're a top-four seed. Levine and DeRozan have been outstanding, both averaging over 25 points per game. Uh, Vooch, like you said, they kind of got three guys that in their previous on their previous teams, Levine with the Bulls, DeRozan with the Spurs, Vucevic with the Magic, were the go-to guys on their teams. So it's kind of interesting to watch them down the stretch when they have three of those guys that kind of expect to be the guy. Um, they've gel- all gelled really well. Um to start the season, which was a little bit surprising. I think Lonzo Ball was one of the best free agency acquisitions of the, the offseason. I can't believe New Orleans uh, just really let him walk. Um, he makes he makes other players better, which is he's just the type of guy you want on your team. And his jump shot has gotten significantly better throughout the course of his career. So we, we, we've only seen improvement from Lonzo Ball uh, every year in his career, so I respect him for that. Um, but yeah, I, and, and then you mentioned Caruso, Luis. He's been really gritty, uh, tough defensive player, and he can get a bucket on offense every once in a while as well. So yeah, this team is good. Um, I think they might be like a Hawks team of last year, maybe sneak into the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that's their ceiling, um, but they're definitely a playoff team early on after watching you know the first couple of weeks, no doubt. The next team up, big, well, not necessarily a big surprise, but certainly a surprising team, the fourth place Cleveland Cavaliers currently sitting at nine and four. They probably have the rookie of the year, Evan Mobley, who I was extremely high on heading into the draft after the draft. Um, Armand, I I guess we'll start with you. Are you surprised by the the Cavs start and are they a playoff team right now or will they make the playoffs? I am particularly surprised. I did think Evan Mobley had the highest ceiling in this. We talked about this, William. Um, and we argued with Luis about this because he was like, Evan Mobley is going to be Um And, you know, that's looking like a poor take. Luis, I'm just messing with you. Luis, I'm messing with you. <laughs> um, no, Mobley's been amazing. Kind of everything we hoped for him to be at this stage. I thought he was a little too raw to be a rookie of the year candidate. And he is surpassed my expectations by such a degree that I think this guy could be one of the faces of the NBA potentially in in a few years. Um, I mean, the passing, the ability to make plays off the dribble, to score, to shoot from three, like the guys, he's everything you could possibly want in a prototypical player. Reminds me kind of of like a my player back in the 2K16 days that you just made massive and a three-point specialist, but also that was a secondary playmaker and could take the ball up the floor. Just ridiculous that somebody exists like this. But because of Mobley, 
I think I give them a chance to make the play-in game. I do not see this as a sustainable um, sort of line of success. Like, they have too many power forwards. <laughs> they, they still do. Like, the problems we talked about before this season still exist, right? Like, they haven't – they don't necessarily have a very solid defensive lineup um, that I've seen. Mobley's – their best defensive player. Um, but Garland and Sexton, I don't see that as a playoff backcourt. Uh, they could maybe get into the plan because of Mobley. And Mobley makes up for Garland and Sexton's kind of lack of playmaking. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know why I can't see them. Maybe it's because it's the Cavs. Maybe it's because I'm looking at Luis right now. But I, mean, I don't see the Cavs making it. I would say FanDuel does agree with you. They're currently plus 700 to make the playoffs, just to make the playoffs on FanDuel. So, you know, seven to one odds. That they Vegas still, cl- clearly still thinks that they are not a playoff team. I personally think they can sneak into the, like the back half of the playoffs. Um, I think if you watch them, they don't really close with Sexton. I think that he's going to get moved elsewhere. And then he was in trade talks before the season as well. I think he's going to get moved eventually. Um, Jared, they, they, like you said, they run an absolutely massive lineup starting Markinen, Allen and Mobley. Uh, Markinen has been out. I think he's been in, in COVID protocols for a little bit, but. That is, that is factual. Markin has been in COVID protocols. Yeah. They, they, they're still, they're, they're a massive team. Uh, I love Jared Allen. And like you said, Evan Mobley, he could be like, the rookie of the year and a first team, all defensive player, which is unheard of. Um, and I feel like he's kind of everything that the Grizzlies wish Jaron Jackson jr. Was going to be in his first 14 games. And I, I listened to the bill Simmons podcast and he actually had some good points. Like players like Evan Mobley and like Jokic and stuff are like so much harder to come by and so much more valuable to your team than like, a Cade Cunningham or a Jalen green, because there's, there's 50 good guards that can get you not 50, like 25, 30, 40 good guards that can get you 20 points per game in the NBA. But how many big men can impact the game? Like Evan Mobley and Jokic, et cetera, et cetera. There's only so many, there's a handful of those guys. So if you get a guy like Evan Mobley, he can accelerate the development of your franchise, like extremely quickly. So I was high on him before the draft. I'm, documented in saying it in previous podcasts, how important he was going to be to Cleveland. And it's already showing The Cavs are so fun to watch and Vegas hasn't even caught up to them. Like they've been underdogs consistently in their games. They've just been hitting like plus five plus eight plus whatever. They've been covering a lot of spreads as well. So I like this Cleveland team. I think they can, yeah, they're currently, you know, probably performing above expectation or above um, what they are. I can still see them sneaking into the playoffs uh, like as a seven or an eight seed, you know, winning a couple uh, the playing games or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I really like this Cleveland team. Uh, Luis, what are your thoughts? Um, I think, I think the, you know, I think they can sneak in, but they'll probably regress to the mean, as you said, real soon. That's your line. Like if, we, if, if there's a line that William says all the time that fits this, it's they'll probably regress to the mean. All right. Not many thoughts from Luis there, but oh, they're good. They're good. <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? They're, they're a good franchise. I mean, Ricky Rubio's cooking. I mean, Colin Sexton's out. Ricky Rubio's not going to be put into, like, 25. I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's fair to call the Cavs a good franchise 
because basically the only reason they've been relevant in their entire existence is because one of the best players ever was happened to be born in Akron and they drafted him. That's really yeah. it. You take away the LeBron years and the Cavs are probably a bottom five franchise in NBA history. I would, I would not only agree with that, but I would say there's no other way of looking at it because look at their best team besides that. It was Price. It was Kerr. I think Daughtry. Like, yeah. The team, that lost, the, the team that lost uh, buzzer beater and Jordan to lose this series. Yeah. Yeah. And then that was their peak success, my guy. Like, okay. Yeah. That's not a great Pump the brakes. The Cavs are not a good franchise yet. Pump yeah. The Grizzlies are a better franchise than the Cavs. Y'all just got very yeah, lucky. I mean, okay. The Grizzlies are not because the Cavs have a title. The Cavs do have a title. Like, they did have LeBron. We can't just – Factor that out. The Cavs are definitely a better I franchise. I want to factor that out, and I think Jaw is going to end up being an all-time great. Anyways, go ahead. All right, next they have, team. They have, they have Craig Elo, man. Craig Elo. Brad Doherty's one of the all-time greats at center of the position. <laughs> Bro, when you said one of the greats, I would take Big Z over Brad. Do- what are you talking about? Okay. Have you ever seen Brad Doherty's stats or Brad Doherty play? Big Z doesn't even come close. I've seen him play. Clearly, you're just looking at his stats. I don't – I've seen the guy play. Okay. All right, all right, all right. All right, next next team, next team. And I know Luis is going to have an epic rant on this team. Uh, he's going to praise them uh, come hell and high water. The Miami Heat, they're currently 8-5. They've struggled of late. Heat uh, Nation. Had a nice win in Utah last night without Jimmy Butler, but they had been struggling on that West Coast road trip. I think we all can agree this team is going to make the playoffs. I guess my question for – we'll start with Armand again, but my question for you, Armand, is like, are the Heat – should we be treating them as legitimate finals contenders? Like, are they in the, the class of Brooklyn and Milwaukee in the East? I think they're half a tick below. But in a, in a season where, again, there's so much parity – that half a tick is so much smaller than it might have been in other years. Um, so I think you could make the argument that they're on that level. Tyler Hero, what a bounce back year so far for Tyler. Tyler's the second best player on that team. Right now, looking better than Bam. That's my opinion. Obviously, Jimmy, Jimmy has been outstanding. Um, but he's the second leading scorer on the team for what it's worth. He's averaging 21 off the bench. Wait, who? Hero. He's averaging 21 off the bench. Yeah, that's unbelievable. The guy's shooting at a great clip right now from three. He looks good in the mid-range. I, he's got his confidence back. He had a terrible year last year. I thought he was going to be the next Laurie Markkinen. No offense to Laurie Markkinen, but, like, great rookie year, solid shooter, and then a sophomore slump turns into a junior and a senior slump, and pretty soon he's, like, somebody you throw into a trade that – you think, oh, he used to be really good, and I thought he had potential. Let's bring him in, Cleveland. Um, but, yeah, Tyler's <laughs> – no offense, Luke. Tyler's been outstanding. Jimmy, Bam, is Gorn still there? Gorn's got to still be there. Where else would Gorn be? Gorn's in Toronto right now. Damn it. All right, maybe, they're, maybe they aren't as good as I thought because I thought they had Gorn still. But uh, they got Duncan on a fat deal. They got a lot of shooting. They're obviously a great defensive team. I think they're a legitimate threat uh, to make the finals. 
Um, and if this year ends up being like last year, couple injuries, they could win it. Like they could win it all. They made the finals two years ago, guys. That was not a long time ago. I know they had a lot, a really, really poor year last year. Um, where it looked like they might not have even made the playoffs. I mean, they eventually did. But, um, yeah, I definitely see them as a legit title contender. And I'm curious, Luis obviously loves the Heat for other reasons. But what do you all think? The Heat, the Heat are the best team in the East. They're the best defensive team in the whole league. All they need is one more shot creator. Bam Adebayo is playing at an all-NBA level, in my opinion. Um, Kyle Lowry, you know, he's he's always been one of those Heat players. You know Kyle that Heat, Lowry. When you talk about the Heat, you got to talk about the Heat culture, you know. Their bench is nice. They got uh, Max Struess, who's a great shooter, who I think is going to really flourish under that Heat culture system. They got they're, – they're just a great team, man. They, they, they play great defense. They shut teams out. That's that's what I love about Miami. They, they, they play basketball the right way, man. They play how the Spurs played back in the 2000s, man. They play basketball the right way. It's a good but more entertaining. I would say the Heat are like the last – freaking team you want to play in a playoff series it's going to be really tough to beat that team four times playoff intensity defense is ratcheted up i mean we've already seen it early um, with the with the new rule changes the the heat have really embraced the the physicality that comes with it obviously the whole Jokic and morris incident out in denver uh withstanding just in general their defensive tucker in general their defense is very Physical guys like Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry. Those are like three guys that just would love or have embraced the rule changes are perfect for it. And then they got Duncan Robinson kind of just chilling out, uh, shooting threes. Oh. He's he struggled a little bit early. He's hitting, uh, he's shooting at a 33% clip from behind the arc, but I think he'll turn it around. Um, but yeah, this team, obviously, you know, a lock for the playoffs. I think they can undoubtedly challenge, you know, the Bucks and the Nets. I really like if the if the Heat were playing the Nets in a playoff series tomorrow. I mean, I love the Nets in that, or sorry, I love the Heat in that series. Uh, they can out physical uh, Brooklyn up and down the court. Now, you know the Nets do have Kevin Durant, which is you know basically guaranteed thirty points a game. But it's it, it's the physicality that Miami brings that can certainly you know make them legitimate finals contenders and just. Hopefully they can stay healthy throughout the season because they're not super deep. You know, it's guys like PJ Tucker, Markeith Morris, like you said, Max Struess, Deadman, Caleb Martin. Like those are guys that are going to have to step up if there are any big injuries, but currently constructed and assuming they stay healthy, they can definitely uh, challenge for a finals appearance. The next team on this list in the standings is the Philadelphia 76ers currently sitting at eight and six, sixth place in the Eastern conference. You know, they've had a lot of guys out and beads been out with COVID uh, Harris got COVID. Um, and obviously, you know, the whole Ben Simmons saga, we, we can talk about that if we want to, it's kind of like beating a dead horse at this point. Um, I'm personally sick of hearing about Ben Simmons, but there's really like, there's not a ton else to talk about Philadelphia than Ben Simmons because he's like the main story right now in the NBA and with that team. Um, Luis, you rose your hand. Do you have anything to say about this Sixers team? Uh, can we free Ben Simmons first off? Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons for Kyrie. Yes, free. No, Ben Simmons. I want Ben Simmons on the Warriors. Free Ben Simmons. Free Ben Simmons. That's my guy. Free Ben that Simmons. That would cost nothing either. Like Bro. Ben Simmons' value is so low right now. 
if you gave him Moses Moody, who has been terrible to start out this season, you gave him Kaminga. Like they might, they no, the Warriors might bring him in. That might be enough. Well, that's so. You imagine Clay and and Curry man and Juan Toscano Anderson. Could you imagine Draymond and Ben on the same yeah. team? What's the point of having Draymond and Ben on the same on the same team? And that's horrifying. It's gonna be it's gonna be horrifying. It's gonna be gross. It's gonna be so good. It's gonna be making people puke. I'm telling you, nobody's gonna beat the Warriors. Nobody. No, I was saying. I was saying. Even if you have the two greatest shooters of all time on the floor, you have two of the worst shooters. <laughs> In the NBA on the floor with them. So, I mean, hey, a lineup. Can you imagine a lineup? Draymond, Simmons, Clay at the three, Poole at the two, Steph at the one. That would be three of the best shooters in the league and two of the worst. Maybe it'd end up working out. Who knows? Maybe that's the only way Simmons could be, like, playing with another person that can't shoot, is if you have three ridiculous shooters around them. But anyways, in regards to the Sixers, shout out Tyrese Maxey, by the way. He's Tyrese has been outstanding. Um, Tyrese has been popping off. I think. Dan, I don't know. We'll talk later about Dame. We'll talk later about Beal. Really quickly about Beal. What William is saying. Uh, I think Beal and Dame both love where they're at. Um, they love the cities. They love the organization. They want to stay. It's just whether or not they can win for Beal right now. They're winning. So why would he leave? For Dame, might get forced out of there. They need to get rid of Simmons. We won't talk about it anymore, but they need something for him because if you add anything to this team, if you add 20% of what Ben Simmons was, they're a legit title contender. Right now, they're not. Like, as currently constructed, I don't see them as one. They're a piece of Yeah, they have a move in them, and I don't really have a ton to say about Philly. It's just it's wait and see to see what happens with Ben Simmons. They'll definitely make the playoffs. It's just a matter of what they get in return for Simmons and what it looks like with Embiid moving forward. But, you know, don't have a ton to say about them. We can go a little bit quicker on the, the remaining teams in the East. Uh, the next one would be the Knicks currently sitting at seven and six. Kind of where, you know, I think their over under win total was like 42 and a half. So they're kind of ex- around 500 where Vegas projected them to be heading into the season. Um, Interesting th- thing about them is Thibodeau has been sitting their bench players down the stretch, uh, Fournier, Walker. Um, they've been running guys like uh, Emmanuel quickly, Taj Gibson down the stretch. It's been funky for the Knicks uh, this season, but I think we've seen not a huge leap, but a leap from RJ Barrett. Uh, he's definitely become a better three-point shooter this season. Um, but I, I don't know. They're just kind of average for me. So I, I think they're going to make the playoffs back half of the East, maybe like the sixth seed. Um, don't love this team. Don't hate it. They're, they're average. Fournier has been very disappointing for me this season. Um, but I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts, uh, Armand, on, on the New York Knicks? I actually don't think this team makes the playoffs because I'm looking at the teams in the back half that I think will, and there aren't enough spots. So I don't think this team ends up making it. I think maybe the play-in game. But when we look at the Hawks, the Bucks, and the Celts, we'll talk about them later. But it's it's going to be – and the, the teams above them, and then you got the Hornets. Like, it's going to be tough. So, I don't see them making it. Uh, 
they're sort of off the high of last year um, of just having a lot of role players in Drew Randall, like killing it. Um, and obviously didn't perform great in the playoffs, but uh, I don't know, kind of a weird team. Like you were saying, a lot of offense, not a lot of great defensive players. Which so. is which is funny because it's Thibodeau who prioritizes defense and it's not a yep. good team. They're like in the 20s in defensive rating. And I, you know, I don't put a ton of stock into defensive rating statistics, but they are a back half of the NBA defensive team. Um, and they're supposed to be good at defense. And, you know, year two Tibbs, you know, usually year one is good, but then the following season's bit of a question mark. Luis, what about you? Thoughts on the Knicks? Don't you wish Katie saw with the Knicks? <laughs> I fuck Boston. We outside. Fuck <laughs> Trey <Craig> Young. <laughs> Nah, Knicks making the playoffs. I love Tibbs, man. That, that roster's loaded. They, they're, they're one of those teams, you know, that, you know, they're like – nobody talks about them about a trade, but I feel like they got the assets to make a big move or, like, to attract one of those big, big stars like a Beal or a Cat. They, they could do it. Can you imagine a Cat and Randall front court? It'd be awful defensively. And Cat doesn't, <laughs> doesn't bring winning. I think Tibbs would probably kill himself, as our mom would say. Made the roster on the Knicks. I don't. I don't know if I would say that, but, yeah, but um, but it already didn't yeah. work. So 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 you know, it already didn't work one time. You know, the Tibbs and uh, Tibbs and what's his face, uh, Tibbs and Cat duo, it didn't work in Minnesota. But I mean, they're one of those teams. Like they're kind of building a structure right now. I kind of feel like the Knicks are like one of those like four through six teams in the East that they're just you know. They're just building a foundation to bring in one of those marquee guys, you know? Yes, they're, build, that build that culture. They're definitely building the, the culture, like you said, the foundation of just being a competent team, a competent organization. So maybe they can finally bring in one of those marquee free agents in the future, which have failed so many times in the past, just because they were so unorganized and just incompetent uh, in the past. But they've certainly kind of really changed the reputation and the, the image around really quickly within the yep. past, like over the past year. So I've been impressed. I still think they're back half of the playoff team. I think they make it maybe a play-in team, honestly. Um, but yeah, next team up, we got currently in eighth place, seven and seven Charlotte Hornets led by La Mello ball and miles bridges, who has made a huge leap forward this season. Yes, I think he's a, a big, most improved player candidate and a lot of people are saying job but that was good last year you know miles bridges was bang average last year like a 15 point per game guy he's averaging in the 20 points per game this season Lamelo ball has been just as good as he was last year still take some questionable shots down the stretch uh but his passing is just electric to watch and gordon hayward you know yeah. I, and gordon hayward i i personally feel like this team's success and failure all rides on the health of gordon hayward moving forward He's currently healthy, but, you know, knowing him, unfortunately, he's, he's got an injury or two. In him. I don't want to wish that upon anybody. I really want him to stay healthy. But, you know, we, he has proven in the past that he is quite injury prone. I, I think this team is pretty much where they were last year, uh, a, a play-in team at, at best. Um, and it all depends on Gordon Hayward's health. What are your thoughts, Armand? Yeah, uh, this is tough for me. I actually think – that they have a move in them 
and that this team ends up making the playoffs. That's why I didn't have the Knicks in, because I think I see the Hornets making it. Um, they might be a nine and not like barely miss out, but I love watching LaMelo. Like, I know Lonzo, the only two players I've seen have the baseball pass from full court in them are those two guys, like, period, of this era, of their era, like, of that generation, I guess. Um, so, yeah, LaMelo's outstanding to watch. I think hopefully his decision-making will mature over time. Um, I, Gordon Hayward, again, the injury stuff. I'll echo everything you said to save some time. But, um, yeah, I, I see them making it. I just want to see LaMelo in the playoffs. Like, I want to say, see him play meaningful basketball when it's not the regular season and he can just chuck up stuff. Like, I want to see what he does ISO last two minutes in a meaningful game. I want to see what decisions he makes when he's under real pressure because uh, that's what he needs to do to make the next step. In regards to Ja, I think the reason it's similar to, like, Luca last year with the most improved – Obviously, Luca was great, <laughs> or maybe two years ago. Obviously, Luca was great his rookie year, but then the next year he was just ridiculous. Like he was a top eight guy, mm-hmm. and that's a stupid jump, right? So it's just how much you prioritize moving from an average NBA player to a fringe all star versus like you know a fringe all star to a superstar. I think the latter step is the harder one to make, so that's why. But then people might say, well, most improved shouldn't go to a top 10 guy. And that's also fair. So it depends on what you think about the award itself. Well, Jai is in no way a top 10 player right now, though. Yeah, he's. I actually think he's top 20. I do. People might disagree with that. I think he is, like, barely top 20, but I think he's top 20. We'll get into the Grizzlies later. We'll get into the Grizzlies later, Charlotte, to make the playoff. We'll have a lot to say about the Grizzlies. Luis, what are your thoughts on Charlotte? I'm not sure as a team, but but I think that you know they're not there yet. They're not there yet, yet. You know they do I have do, a team. I, do, I did. They do have a team. They do have an aspiring uh, rap duo in uh, Tay Rogier and Miles Bridges. Shout out RBT ESPN intro. Um, no, but yeah, Bridges is playing great. I think they they lack that center. And I think like they're one of the. I feel like they're a lot like the Grizzlies were last year. They're a year ahead of schedule, and in, in a way. That you know, they have a lot of really nice pieces that they're developing, but you know, they're they're a year ahead of schedule and like they're just kind of they're gonna have their growing pains soon. So we'll we'll just wait. Borrego's a great coach. I mean, he does a lot of Spurs concepts and uh because he does come from the pop tree, but he does weird stuff like he ran a two-three zone against Memphis, which not many NBA teams decide to run a two-three zone. And it actually worked and they won the game, and you know, they have talent, so we'll see. They're kind of like, we'll see what happens with their management because they're always like, oh, we're trying to win, but yet yeah, develop. Like, they draft LaMelo and a bunch of projects, and then, oh, let's give four over 120 to Gordon Hayward. That kind of makes doesn't make sense. Like, doesn't fit the timeline. They have, they have a lot of guys that you feel like they could take the last shot, like Miles Bridges, LaMelo, Gordon Hayward, and Terry Rozier, who's really good in the clutch. I wouldn't say Kelly Oubre is a guy that thinks he, well, he probably thinks he should shoot the last shot, but unmatched. Don't, don't, don't hate on tsunami poppy. They, they do have a lot of guys that feel like they should be closers. 
Um, but yeah, this team is okay. I think their ceiling is like sneaking into the back half of the playoffs, but ultimately I, th- I think they're a playoff or they're a, a play-in team yet again. They're still fun to watch with uh, LaMelo and Miles hooping. Next team in the East is the Toronto Raptors, the 7-7 seven and seven Toronto Raptors. Scotty Barnes has been a pleasant surprise to me. I wasn't very high on him coming into the season. Um, guys like Fred Van Fleet still there. Um, OG Ananobi's taken a, a nice step forward, averaging 19.5 a game. Uh, Pascal Siakam's only just now coming back. He's only played three games this year. And then, you know, Gary Trent. So a lot of team, a lot of people were down on this team heading into the season, but and a lot of that was because they were so bad last year, but I don't think people were putting enough stock into the fact that they played an entire season in Tampa Bay, um, which can definitely affect, you know, your success, just all that, the stress of not being home for the entire season, basically every game being a road game, it's gotta be tough. So they're finally back in Toronto. Um, they're 500. So they're right at, right at average, but um, I don't know. Uh, I think this team, I actually do think this team is going to be in the play-in and potentially sneak in as like a seven or eight seed. That's my prediction. I, I love how hard they play on defense. Um, guys like Scotty Barnes, uh, big surprise. And they got scores, Fred and OG, uh, Gary Trent, and, you know, Siakam. I think he's kind of the X factor for them. Uh, but, That's cool. Both on defense and um, kind of being uh, an important part of their offense as well. Um, so I, I think they, I think they sneak into the plan and actually make it as, you know, make it through the plan as like a seven or an eight seed um, over some of the teams that we'll talk about a little bit later, but Armand thoughts. I don't think the Raptors make it just because of the next teams uh, that come up. I'm big on the Hornets, obviously. Uh, I think the Raptors will be solid throughout the regular season. I just think they're now in NBA limbo, which is the worst place to be. I think the Magic were smart in trading away Vucevic and going down into the depths of the tank to get better draft picks and not just have a middling team that's going to get bounced and swept in the first round. Raptors are right around that level. I think they lose in the play-in. Looking at the teams we already have in, there's just not enough spots uh, if we're going to include the next two teams. So, yeah, I don't have the Raptors. I like them, though. Uh, yeah, I Scotty Barnes has been solid. Pascal, I would love to see traded. Not going to lie. He does not fit with their timeline anymore because this team is not winning a championship. They're not competing for titles. Um, and Pascal's too old to be with, like, the Scotty and OG pairing. Uh, in my opinion, at least. So, would love to see him traded to the Grizzlies, please. Okay, that's it. Luis? Yeah, no, so, yeah, on the Raptors, I really like Scotty Barnes, but I kind of feel like they're a team that they're in transition. They're, there's going to be some shuffling and things going on on that team, so I wouldn't be surprised if one of Van Vliet or Siacom gets traded mid, mid-year, if one of Pascal Siacom to a, a team that, you know, a, he's a, he's a by low candidate, you know? So we'll see what happens with Siacom and okay. Yeah. Come to Brooklyn. I don't know if Brooklyn has enough to get him, but Siacom. I, I feel like Sci- a good spot for Siacom would be a uh, definitely, definitely, um, definitely not the. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind him seeing him in uh in Phoenix, 
I mean, this is kind of out of the blue, but maybe a trade for Phoenix or Golden State. You know, Golden State trades in their assets and they buy on Pascal because he's not a number one option, and I think he could fit in both Phoenix or in Golden State. Maybe an Aiton for Pascal because I hate that deal for the Suns, but. but but if Aiden's going to leave and they're not going to pay him, you kind of yeah. have to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're not going to pay the man, like, they already didn't want to give him the max. So but so you got to get something back. You don't want to pull a dumb move. So, I, I Yeah, I agree. I, I would agree with Armand's point that the Raptors are just a middling NBA team. They're, like, not good enough to contend, not bad enough to tank because they have quality players. They're right at kind of NBA purgatory, which is, like, the last place you want to be. Um, because you know, you should either fully commit to tanking and get a good draft pick or fully commit to contending and try to make the finals. So they're in a tough spot right now. Next team, 10th place currently in the East, the six and seven Boston Celtics. I'm going to ask Armand a question and then I'll get into my opinions on the Celtics later. Uh, do you think Tatum and Brown are going to stay together? Like, can they play together and, like what? What do you think is the ceiling of this this Celtics team right now? The hilarious thing is, Ainge had all the assets you would need to add to Brown and Tatum, and lost them for nothing. Gordon Hayward lost for nothing. Kyrie lost for nothing. Terry Rozier lost for nothing. Your your third most valuable piece is Marcus Smart right now. It's not good enough to compete for a championship, in my opinion. Jason Tatum's now had some battle scars. So is Brown from past playoff performances when they were younger, getting thrashed by LeBron. Um, I don't know. I think it's a there's a risk of like a Lowry-DeMar thing happening where they're solid in the regular season, but that duo is just not enough to win. Um, I really want the Celtics to add because this iteration is not good enough to compete. Um, I do think Tatum and Brown – top three wing tandem in the league. And they will continue to be if they stay together for the next decade. But they need to change it up. And maybe it takes a year or two for them to do that. Um, but this team right now does not have enough. Um, I this, yeah, what do you think? I find the Celtics to be so frustrating because like, t- you have two of the top 15 leading scores in the NBA and you are – mid they are bang freaking average like if like i just can't comprehend the fact that you have two of these like generational talents someone argue someone argue and you're average as as hell they're so like the 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 one thing that this team needs is a freaking point guard dennis schroeder is not he's not a guy that's going to influence you know winning and losing if they signed or traded whatever for Lonzo Ball over the offseason. That would have been the perfect type of player. I can't believe they didn't do it. I was I was disappointed that they didn't do it. Uh, first year with Brad Stevens as the GM, maybe he didn't. Uh, I mean, they might have tried, but maybe he just didn't want them all together. Frustrating. Robert Williams, Al Horford, Marcus Smart. Like, Josh Richardson is just bad now. Like, he, he's bad ever since he had that one good year. Uh, just not good anymore. Grant Williams, like, they're – they're not that good. And it's frustrating because they have these two amazing players and they're not like, you know, we all saw the Marcus smart comments, basically calling them out Tatum and Brown for not passing the ball. Um, There's something going on in Boston. I don't think Tatum and Brown are the future 
long-term for the Celtics. I think they move one of them and it would be Brown over Tatum. Ultimately. Um, I find Tatum a little bit frustrating to watch just because he he'll he'll draw doubles and still shoot and not make the obvious pass. Um, just find him to be a frustrating player. Great. Like he's a great scorer. He's a serial scorer as they say, but move the ball a little bit more, you know, you're not making your team any better. Great. You can score 25 a game, but do you make your team better? It's a little bit, it's a little bit of empty numbers at this point for Tatum. Um, I want to see some improvement moving the ball. That offense is stagnant. Uh, Schroeder is, you know, he's a decent addition, but he's not going to, like I said, he's not going to move the ball and make your team a lot better. Um, I currently don't think this team makes the playoffs. That's my opinion. Armand or Luis. They'll make it due to individual talent, but I, but I'll, I'll keep it short and simple. I think they need a whole front office reset. I think it's, I think it's, it just had one. They just did, but it's the same. It's the same. It's the same lineage. Like they needed somebody from the outside, not, not from the same regime. You know, they need somebody from the outside. Like not somebody from that current, you know, that was there. They need some. They need some new blood. So I do they, agree. You know, you're right. They did sign Brad Stevens, but he was the coach for however long. So that that is a fair point. Do you think you said they make the playoffs though? Yeah, they got too much talent. They got too much talent. Not like compared to like the teams under them, and I think some of the teams that are above will regress to the mean. Yeah. So, Who is um, I, I have a really quick question for you. So, I mean, right now you have the Nets, Bulls, Heat, Sixers, Knicks, Cavs in the playoffs. Is that correct? Can you repeat that? Sorry, I, I lost track after you said yeah, that. Yeah, Nets, Bulls, Cavs, Heat, Sixers, Knicks, and now you have the Celtics. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, because I'll, I'll say that the Cavs will make the play-in. I said they'll sneak in the back. They'll come okay. okay. I'm just making sure because we're getting to some other teams in here, and you can't have 11 teams in the playoffs. So, okay. Yeah, they'll sneak it through the back door. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. I don't have the Celtics making it. Maybe they're uh, – yeah, this is going to be the first time they miss out in a long time. But maybe they make the play-in. Um, yeah. I still I have one spot left and there's a reason for that. So incredibly frustrating team for me. All right, next one. Currently six and seven. They've had a lot of injuries, but the Milwaukee Bucks, I don't have a ton no. of say. We can rapid fire the rest of the East. Um, Milwaukee won the title last year. They've had, like I said, a lot of guys out. So that you know, Middleton will come back from COVID. Drew's been playing recently, but Giannis has been out. Like they'll all once they get all their guys healthy, I think this is a better team than they had last year. You know, with Grayson Allen, an, an, an exterior scorer that they kind of lacked outside of Middleton last year. There's really those three guys: Drew, Giannis, and Middleton that carried them. I think Grayson Allen's a super underrated addition, and I'm excited to to watch this team shoot up the standings in the coming weeks. Um, I, I still think they're, I, I still think they're a top two team in the East. I might still say they're the best team in the East. I know they're six and seven right now, but definitely make the playoffs. They'll contend for another finals. I don't have a ton to say outside, outside of that. What about you, Armand? They're a top four contender in the league. This means nothing. They've been played by injuries. I love Devin Shenzo. I hope he comes back soon. 
Um, they got their big three. Their big three. It's really hard to repeat. Um, and I don't think they do repeat this year, but I still think they're a contender. You got to give respect where it's due. And Grayson Allen, the ninth guy on the Grizzlies, probably the fourth best player for this team right now, maybe the fifth after Brooke Lopez. But clearly uh, they were in need of some uh, sort of, what's it called, spark plug scoring. Um, and he definitely provides that. Look for them again to make some moves near the trade deadline through the buyouts. Uh, this is, again, not going to be the team that enters the playoffs, but this is my last team, I think, that makes it. Yeah. What about you, uh, Luis? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I like the Bucs. Uh, I mean, I'm not a huge Bucks guy, but um, that's, all, that's a conversation for another day. But they'll get in. I mean, I kind of feel like they missed some of their pieces. They missed P.J. Tucker. They don't got that gritty guy. I think Bobby T- Portis, yeah, he's a tough guy, but he doesn't add as much as a P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker – PJ, PJ Tucker's a premier three and D guy. That's that's the big average like zero points a game last year in the playoffs. But one of the best defenders in the Played league. a little bit overrated defense. I mean, Kevin Durant still averaged like 35 on his ass. But, but, but let me ask you, do, does anybody stop Kevin Durant? I mean, no, you're not wrong, but still, if he's if he's, if he's sitting in the corner averaging like two points a game in the playoffs and playing terrible defense, what is he doing yeah. to your team? That's, that's, that's not on, on him. He should be guarding Harden. I'm that's just me. That's just bad, poor coaching. Okay. If, let's be honest. And I don't want to go re- do revisionist history and hindsight bias, but I think we can all agree that if Katie's foot was, I think it was an inch uh, back or whatever it was, uh, Budenholzer would have been out of the job. Yeah, yeah, he definitely would have been. Definitely yeah, he definitely would have been. He was saved by, by God-tier talent, you know, by, by, by talent. He was saved by Giannis. He was saved by Giannis. Who had 50 points in a closeout game? But guess what? I can't fault a coach for having good players. That's so stupid, in my. But what I'm saying is, is just like some of the schemes he did run put him in a position to lose. Like if you put a different coach, we, that's what I said. I don't want to get into revisionist history. Nine I'm just pointing out. But I mean, they they miss PJ Tucker, and I feel they need a scorer. Like Chris Middleton's great and Drew's great, but I don't think that duo is Bryson Allen not a scorer. There's now definitely a score averaging like 16 a game this a, year. Guy. A premier scorer. You a need pre- a premier scorer. You need a fourth guy. They just won the championship. I but, but I don't think Drew Holiday is a, a good like sec two or three. I think, yeah, he can be a, a very, very good three, but I think you need somebody else. I mean, they won a title, so. But they'll make it. Yeah. All right. Let's go through these next ones. Rapid fire. I'll just say if you guys have anything to say about them, because yeah. the rest of these teams are pretty average. Uh, Indiana Pacers. They're the same team every year. They don't make the playoffs. They need a tank. They need to get a good draft. Pick. They never they tank. They never had a good draft pick. It's the Pacers. It's so Bro, the Pacers Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle never tanks. Let's go, Rick. Yeah. They they're frustrating because they're in NBA purgatory consistently. Um, Atlanta Hawks. Will they turn it around? I say no. They don't make the playoffs, which is crazy to say. I also don't think so because they were they were literally in the conference finals last year, but it looks like they've returned to their normal Trey Young form. They have is, a lot of they have a lot of guys who think they should be uh, like the like 
are getting more minutes or playing a bigger role like Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter. Trey Trey Young's been struggling with the new rule changes. Uh, His scoring's down. He's one. Him and Harden are the two main guys that have been struggling. So I say no. I actually don't think they're going to make the playoffs. What about you, Luis? They'll make it, but they're due for a trade. I mean, they got so much intel. They got Sharif Cooper. They got a. Hold on. Who was the other guy they drafted from Duke? Jalen Johnson. That's who they drafted. Jalen Johnson's all right. I, dude, they have too many young guys. Like, this is kind of like the Grizzlies a little. They need to make trades, especially because they made the conference finals. Now everybody thinks they need to be the guy or like one of the five guys, or they need to be starting, or they need to be a primary bench guy. There's too much stacked up stuff. It's like on 2K, my GM, 2K17, 2K18. You have all these people, like, I'm not getting enough minutes. Got to make some changes. Got to do what our team chemistry tanks. Yep. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah. Last two teams, I don't have much to say. Uh, Detroit Pistons, they're atrocious. Been frustrating and disappointing so far this season, shooting the ball. Shout out Killian Hayes. Uh, Killian Hayes might be the worst player in the NBA right now. That plays (laughs) over 20 minutes a game. The ringer getting him first. There is a 0.0 chance the Pistons make the playoffs, and I don't have anything else to say. I think they need a new coach. Dwayne Case is not a developer. I, that's a good point. Yeah. Killian Hayes. Yeah, Killian Hayes is god awful. Um, 13, 10, and 7. That's I know. Good. He had the best game of his career, actually, in the last game he played. Uh, he did. But nonetheless, he's not very good. Uh, Pistons stink. What? When are you going to a game? I haven't gone to a Pistons game. I will only go if there's like a team that I'm interested in watching. You got to go see the Pistons play. Bro, no, he does not. He doesn't Uh, need to subject himself to that. Yeah. I I don't know if I want to spend a lot of money to go watch the Pistons. Uh, Last team to round out the East, the Orlando Magic, 3-10. and Again, very bad. Jalen Suggs has been disappointing. Cole Anthony's been surprising. Cole Anthony's been legit. Uh, and also my boy Franz Wagner has been one, probably a top three rookie, um, but they Franz, still suck. Franz, Franz is hooping. I'll say that. I have Franz and Cole Anthony starting in my fantasy basketball lineup. Uh, Cole's been hooping. Franz has been very, very good. Uh, I don't know. They're kind of a team that – uh, what are they doing? Like, what are we doing here, bro? What do you mean? What are they doing? They're tanking. They're going to get a great draft pick this year. They'll be fine. Cole's been okay, but his efficiency hasn't been the best. Um, I think Suggs is just struggling because he's on the magic. Like, it's not like he thought he was going to be on the Raptors. I guarantee you if him and Scotty Barnes switch positions, that Jalen Suggs would be like 16, 6, and 4 right now, and he'd be a rookie of the year candidate. And because he's on the magic, he's not really doing much. But terrible officially. I was so disappointed when Suggs got drafted to the magic because he was like a – a rookie of the year pick for me personally, if he went to Toronto, but now he's in Orlando and it's just a purgatory. So that rounds out the East. We're going to take a break and we'll get back and go through the Western conference. I know we got some interesting discussion uh, about the Grizzlies coming up soon. So be right back. All right. So we've actually come to a group decision to break this up into two podcasts because this has been like over an hour just talking about the Eastern Conference. So we're going to stop recording here, post this one up, and then come back later, and there's going to be a separate podcast for the Western Conference altogether to make it easier on you guys and also us, since this went a little bit longer than we predicted. Um, So thank you all for listening to part one, and we hope to see you over in part two.